Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Zero Season 2, Episode 25 starts now. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Brandon Davis. Joined today by Jenna Anderson. Hey, everybody. We got Aaron Perrine. What's going on, everybody? And we got a special guest on the show today. My new friend at Watch with Neebs goes by Neebs. Neebs, how you doing? Welcome to Phase Zero, buddy. Hey, what's going on? Happy to be here. Dude, thanks for coming. So everybody, just a little background on Neebs. Neebs is a TikToker, content creator, does a lot of great stuff with Marvel, more than Marvel, but also I found Neebs because one of his videos was retweeted into my feed, and it was a Miss Marvel uh, breakdown, an Easter egg breakdown, but not in the sense of Marvel Easter eggs, cultural Easter eggs that I'm gonna not, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just your average white dude. I don't know enough about the culture to, to feel comfortable. Like I'm doing a good job representing it myself. So I, brought, I asked Neves to come on and share some of that stuff with us when we talk about Miss Marvel. And I'm excited to bring some of that perspective to the show. So Neves, thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. So we got to start. Uh, we're going to start our, you know, Miss Marvel spoilers are in the second half of the show. So if you haven't watched episode four yet, which I do recommend watching, uh, we're going to start spoiler free including Thor reactions are spoiler-free and all MCU news. But first of all, we got a really weird story that's kind of playing out right now. Um, I've reached out to try to find out some clarification on this, but I haven't heard back yet. The show went live and it's starting to get make the news. Howard Stern said he's doing Doctor Doom this summer on a, on a, on a live show that he had a hot mic during a commercial break. He said he's doing Doctor Doom and he texted Robert Downey Jr. for acting advice and he reached out to John Favreau about and uh, he said that's what he's doing this summer, and he's miserable because he's working this summer on Doctor Doom. Now, first of all, I don't know what I, I, that is, this is just the clip that's going around. It's there's a recording of it. It's on Twitter. It's on the show. Uh, you can find it on online. If if this was so, he could be talking about an animated series. He could be talking about a lot. I have no idea what this is. It could just be a bit where Howard Stern is just messing with all of us. Uh, but. but I, I, I don't know. I have no idea what this is. Jenna, what do you think it is? I, I don't know what to make of it. At this point, like Aaron and I were joking before the show, it's like the way that things keep leaking in this phase of the MCU and beyond, it would not be surprising that something this big would leak in a Howard Stern hot mic at the end of one of his shows. I, I could see it potentially being a thing where he's not necessarily the MCU's doom. I could see it being like the Spidey and his amazing friends cartoon, as weird of a choice as that would be for a kid's show. That feels like the kind of stunt casting that they would do. I, I don't know what to make of it because i also could see him just being the mcu's doom and he's just recording the adr now before something is about to come out but i i don't know it is such a weird thing i'm very curious to see how this goes from here yeah do you have any thoughts every every time we think it can't get any stranger <laughs> there's just more there's always more strange things like it's going to be pretty hard to find a way to beat Mark Ruffalo streaming half of a movie in his pocket. We're going to get there. <laughs> it's going to be someone, someone's going to be recording it while they're actually shooting the movie on accident. And we're going to hear like the first draft of Deadpool three out of somebody's pocket at this rate. I think that it's absolutely that Spidey cartoon 
Yeah. I think that, you know, me and Russ talked about it. Russ Burlingame, who writes for the site, and we're like, what else could it possibly be? Uh, it, they, he has a bit, has, is Doom in Avengers, Jenna? In the game? Yeah. I have no idea. I've not played that game in like two that, years. That might so. be another possibility, but yeah. both of those things, I couldn't imagine them casting him in live action. So, yeah, I, I think it's that, but it, it, it's a, a wild start to a morning. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Being on the news desk and being like, yo, Howard Stern is Dr. Doom. And you're just like, imagine telling yourself seven years ago <laughs> <laughs> that you'd be sitting no, here. Listen, there ain't no way he's Dr. Doom, right? Like, there's no way they cast <laughs> Howard Stern as Dr. Doom. First of all, if they're doing a Dr. Doom project full on live action, that would take more than the summer, yeah. right? Because this was, I believe, during like a sign off show for the Howard Stern show. So they're taking their summer break and he's deciding to go do a little work apparently during the summer. Mm-hmm. And that's not enough time to film a whole movie. No. Yeah. Maybe what do you think? Are we, are we sure it's not a knockoff? Maybe it's like uh, med school doom, like <laughs> residency <laughs> doom. Like I, I could see it being an animated series, like that Modoc, like that came out of nowhere, mm-hmm. right? The Amazon Modoc came out. It could be something like that, like a like a Harley Quinn esque, like that style of humor kind of TV show uh, cartoon about Doctor Doom. I could see that, but I don't see a real MCU Doctor Doom. I just imagine like if this is an animated thing, kids going through what Layla just went through the comment section <laughs> and having to go Google Howard Stern and the things they would mm-hmm. find. Oh, 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 boy. Also, can I, I just say, when you, when you tweeted that we had breaking news on the show, so many people in the chat were like, El Muerto 2, or like some new crazy <laughs> stuff. Like, the series were all over the place. It was great. It's Morbin time. Yes. It's always Morbin time. <laughs> it you know? is. Move over, Top Gun. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, yeah. So, apparently, I, that's all we have on it. There's a weird, you can go find the audio on Twitter. I was not about to play it on the show because I don't know. I don't feel like that's legal. But, uh, but yeah, you can go find this and, and it's like you can decipher what he says that, that goes throughout a commercial. Um, and so, yeah, that's. But, but I know they're doing something with Dr. Doom, apparently, unless Howard Stern is just messing with us all. And this is all, it's already on playlists, it's, it's on these other websites. So, I don't know. It's, it's getting out there. We'll see what happens. Maybe, uh, maybe. Maybe it'll be announced at Comic-Con, which is something we're going to get to in a bit. Uh, but let's talk about Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, sadly, for the next nine hours, I am the only person on this <laughs> panel that has seen it. And I'm seeing it again in seven. Uh, so me, Jen, and Aaron will all be seeing it again this afternoon. Neves, uh, do you, are you, I know you're, like, you're growing on TikTok really quick. Do you, are you getting access to things yet? No, no, not yet. I've got access to a few things. I did get access to Miss Marvel and the boys okay. and stuff like that, but nothing from Marvel. Okay, we're gonna hopefully we can help accelerate that for you. If I can help you in any way, I want I want to because I love your content, man. I'm a big fan. Oh, but, uh, so so yes, I am the only person who's seen Thor so far. Uh, and so I'll, I'll real quick, we have a video of it on the Phase Zero YouTube channel, but um, you can go watch that. But I will just really quickly say I loved the movie. Uh, it's I, I, Ragnarok is a movie I really enjoyed. I seemed not like Ragnarok as much as everyone else because I felt like it was too funny. Like, like Thor lost an eye, Asgard was destroyed, and when Hulk was about to make this epic drop into the battle, he smashed on the bridge, and it was supposed to be funny, and I never felt the stakes because I was too busy laughing. Now, I'm not going to lie. I laughed a lot in Thor Love and Thunder, but I did feel like the stakes were maybe a little bit less, and the humor was just like, I don't know, it just balanced a bit better for me. I love Love and Thunder. It might be my favorite of Phase 4 yet. It might have dethroned Shang-Chi. Wow. Uh, I got to see it again. I got to see it again. We'll see. But it's a great movie. 
Um, I want to go read some other tweets from other people who have seen it. So enjoy the sound, the sweet, sweet sounds of my keyboard <laughs> while I do that. Um, yeah, Natalie Portman was great. Uh, I got to be honest, they jumped right into Natalie Portman as Thor, and I was happy, and she's so good. She's so good. Tessa Thompson, I would have liked to see a little bit more for Valkyrie because I feel like she's really, really good. And like, I guess I'll always feel like she's underused because we can never have enough. Um, the only way I think Gore could have been better is if we got to see more of Gore, like do some more butchering and do some more like, let's get more. Like, that's the only thing. Gore was great. Christian Bale's performance was great. The only thing that could have made him better was more. Like, and I definitely think he did need more. Like, that is a criticism. Like, it's he was great, but he should have been better. Uh, as great as he was. And Hemsworth and Taika, like you could just see they, they're they great together. The short runtime did not bother me, Damon Streams. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much all I should say about Thor. I don't think anybody wants to know more than that. Stay through the credits. They're going to... You're, they're good ones. These are, these are good ones. These are good nice. ones. Stay through the credits. That's all I'll say. These are good ones. It's excellent. Um, and one other thing from the Thor premiere I wanted to bring up. Miles Teller was at the Thor premiere taking pictures with everybody. Everybody. Soups, I think, became Miles Teller's best friend. Taya, Mama's Geeky, all these people, they all took pictures with Miles Teller. Why was Miles Teller at the Thor premiere? Mm. <laughs> Was he playing piano? Good question. Because he wasn't out there complimenting my new mustache inspired by Rooster. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, who could Miles Teller play in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Neebs, you're at the top of the screen. You got any ideas? I don't know. I think the most obvious answer would be like a variant of, of Mr. Fantastic, right? Bring him back and have him do justice to it. Uh, you know, a little bit of redemption arc from uh, what happened before. I don't know. I could see that happening. You know, if Howard Stern is not doomed, <laughs> maybe, maybe Miles Teller could be a good doom. Mm. Uh, uh, Jenna, what do you think? I agree. I think like the, the the maker is such an interesting character in terms of the Mr. Fantastic lore, and I know it's really easy to stunt cast like I either Ian Grufford or Miles Teller in that role. So like that would be kind of fun to redeem like arguably the worst Fantastic Four movie and have him be this like evil Reed Richards. That would be very cool. Mm, 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 mm. Aaron, any thoughts? Oh man. I just, I, it's so tempting to put him back into the Fantastic Four universe, but um, I, I'll say that I know everybody loves McAvoy, <laughs> but you're probably going to have to do a younger or something, Professor X. I don't know how young they're going to be. I think no, he'd make, make him a, Scott Summers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's Cyclops, too. I, I think he's, oh. I think he's I'm also going. shocked that no one has said Nova. Given, given. BB. Oh right. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was, I just, I'm already cast. So yeah, <laughs> that role is taken. I'm already, I'm good there. That's that's part of the San Diego surprise. Yep. Yeah. Oh, is this a hot mic? Oh no, no, I just started. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, but but Miles, it's interesting because it seemed like Miles Teller was on a mission to make it known he was at that premiere. He took a picture with everybody. Celebrities don't usually do that. They don't hang out with us, us normies at the premieres. They uh. They, mm. they take their Getty Images photos and they head inside. And uh, he was taking photos with everybody. But also, he was in Spiderhead with Chris Hemsworth, which Chris Killian just did a bunch of interviews for on the comicbook.com YouTube channel. Uh, and maybe that was it. Maybe he was just supporting his co-star. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's so fishy. Also, I feel like this is Miles Teller's moment. Like, he's kind of had a reputation for, for not being the nicest guy. And top of that, not, not, I, I remember that article. I think it was like a 
I remember what the article was, but there was some article about Miles Taylor a few years ago that said he wasn't exactly friendly. And um, this, like, I feel like we're in the Miles Teller renaissance, where like Top Gun, like everybody loves Miles Teller now, and his publicist might have just been like, "Go, make the most of this and be a star." And everybody loves you. Enjoy it. And he's he he did just that. So who knows? Who knows? But it was interesting. Maybe he's in the MCU now. Maybe he's in the MCU now. Uh, I want to look up that article though, because I forget who, who published it, and I don't feel like bringing something up and people th- thinking I'm just trash talking Miles Teller for no reason. I have no I have no ill will towards Miles Teller. Just want to clarify. Anyway, we're moving on. Well, so in MCU casting news that is somewhat confirmed, um, it was announced late last week that Milan Ray, who is in the current Wonder Years reboot, has been cast in the Blade reboot, which has led to a lot of speculation from myself included, because this is a theory I've had for this movie for a while, of could she be playing Blade's daughter? Because Blade's daughter has been a very unique thing in Blade lore. She was supposed to be introduced in like the all new, all different Marvel stuff in like 2015 in the comics. But then the character never really came to pass, in part because there was like an all white creative team that was introducing the character and they kind of realized like we're not the right people to introduce this. And so in the most recent free comic book day book that Marvel put out, there is a new version of Blade's daughter being introduced, which has made people kind of think like, huh, she could probably be headed to the movies. And now we have... Milan Ray being cast, and she seems to be the perfect age for someone who would be the daughter of Mahershala's Blade. So what do y'all think? Do you think that that's who she, who she could be playing, or do you think it could be something different? If you're Aaron, going, you're at the top. If you're going to make it different and really want to separate it from what came before, I think that's a really effective way to do it, and it's a good story. Mm-hmm. It's something we've never seen before, so I'm all for it. Um, I do wonder like... The average like movie going fan who loves like Blade, like those movies, has no idea about that. So I wonder how the general public would react to such a thing if if it's included in the trailers or whatever. I mean, at this point, you could tell me just about anything. We just had Howard Stern say he was Doctor Doom thirty minutes ago. Like, yeah, sure, she's in it. <laughs> Iron Heart's in it too. Let's go. Let's just get crazy. Let's go. <laughs> Wait, so oh, you're saying you think it's Blade's daughter? Yes. Yeah. They're just, they're just, everything Disney is just about people being dads now. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Obi Wan, Mando. Mm-hmm. I mean, they killed off Tony. He was, a, he was a new father. I, yeah. Well, well, now I'm. <laughs> now you're sad. Yeah, Neves. What do you think? Any thoughts on this? Anything you want to add? I I actually don't know if that's the route they're going to take because I feel like we already know that um, Black Knight is going to be part of Blade. And I feel like if they oversaturate it with too many heroes, it'll take away from the story. So then she might just be like a character that they're, you know, they're saving or she's just part integral to the story, but not exactly a hero herself. <laughs> Maybe a MacGuffin, something like I've, that. Yeah. I've also been seeing like Blade was supposed to start filming like next week and now mm-hmm. people on Twitter are saying it's being pushed back. I don't really know where that's coming from. I, I'm sorry for not sourcing better. Uh, but there was a, I don't know now, apparently the, the new hot rumor that I'm seeing again among geek Twitter is that blade production is being pushed back, which is kind of a bummer. Cause if they do start next week, like they were originally saying they were, or people were saying they were going to, um, they might've had footage for comic-con, yeah. but if they're waiting till September, October to start filming, then they're not going to have anything for comic-con. Mm. But uh, yeah, I just want to see, I just want to see some footage, man. I want to see stuff. <laughs> Show me stuff. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Aaron, what you got for us? Well, uh, 
last week, I would say Miss Marvel's uh, Matt Lentz told Krista Dakuna at Insider that he was one of the finals for Spider-Man. Right. Uh, what do we think? Do you think you he could have pulled it off? He would have had to probably do it to dye his hair, right? I can totally see it even without dyeing the hair. Like he, he definitely does have Peter Parker vibes mm-hmm. in a way that I feel like, yeah, if you're going for a completely fresh faced, not really well-known actor in the way that they were with when Tom Holland was cast, like I, I can totally see it. That would have been such a different trajectory, but it would have been really cool to see. I, I'm not going to lie. Coming, coming that close to Spider-Man and then getting Bruno Corelli. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, but hey, at least he made it. I, I think Matt Lentz is, is really, uh, him and Iman Villani's chemistry, mm-hmm. I love them together on, on the show. I think he's a really good Bruno Grelli, and I think he would have been a very good Peter Parker. I think it's obvious why he was a finalist. He, he would have been very good at it, and he made his way into the MCU anyway. But to me, Matt Lentz is always the kid who got his head cut off on the walking head. That's, uh, <laughs> that was that was. Have you, he got his head put on a spike. Yeah, he, it's crazy. He, they put it back on because he's on Miss Marvel now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think he would have been good. I think he looks like the kid from the Spider-Man, the new the the new version of the Spider-Man game. Yeah, yeah. New, uh, what do you think? Oh, uh, was, I think he has the vibe for it. I, but how old would he have been if he got cats? He would have been really young, right? I don't know if that's the story they wanted to tell. That's true. He's yeah. what twenty-one now. Yeah. So, so Civil War came out 2016. Dang, he would have been like wow. 13, 14 years old yeah. filming Spider-Man. That would have right? been wild. That's yeah, that's true. He would have been a, a little child filming that. He would have been <laughs> he would have been an eighth grade filming a high schooler. Like, <laughs> exactly. That's yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's true. I wonder if that was a factor. But yeah, good. I mean, good for him, making I'm I'd make a joke that yeah, you know, you're not Spider-Man, you're Bruno, but that's still cool to be in the MCU and Bruno. Hopefully, as a character that's along for the long uh, for the long haul, because I think one of the best parts of Miss Marvel, and we'll talk about this later. One of my favorite things is how good the supporting characters are. Yeah, like the family members, the her friends, like they're all re- they all really make the show better too. And I love that. That's one of my favorite things about Shang Chi was the family dynamic, and Miss Marvel seems to be really bringing the family into it and the friends into it too. But yeah, anyway, uh, we, we uh, let's keep it moving. Yeah, so Moon Knight writer Jeremy Slater has said that Arthur Harrow is definitely dead. Um, and then meanwhile, Ethan Hawke told our own Chris Killian that, quote, he doesn't look dead to me. So what Slater said to the playlist is, quote, that's the way I wrote it on the page. Again, because you don't actually see a body, no one's ever dead until you see the body. We had that teaser pretty early on in our story. So what do we think? Do we think he's really dead? I always subscribe to the thought that like no death in superhero storytelling is ever permanent. A character can always be brought back. There are a million different crazy ways to do so. So if even if Ethan Hawke is over here saying like he doesn't look dead, then there there's always an avenue for him to return. But what do y'all think? I mean, you need somebody to be in that Thunderbolts thing that we know nothing about, right? <laughs> like he got, he's still alive, I would imagine. Like we that was one of the things at the end of the finale that confused me because I was like, I mean, yeah, he got jumped in a limo, right? <clears throat> Yeah. He got jade. He got jade in a limo, but we never saw him actually die or anything. I, I mean, this isn't the Godfather. They just left him in a field. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it's so. It. I. I would like to see him be a recurring antagonist if there is a season two of Moon Knight, because they obviously have unfinished business. He has even more of an axe to grind against Kanshu and Jake and everyone. Uh, in the second one. So yeah, I, I'm down for more Ethan Hawk coming back 
and being terrifying in his crunchy shoes. I'm just picturing him like in the middle of a Thunderbolts fight scene, like just having his cane on the ground and just like his hair blowing in the wind. Like that's all he's contributing <laughs> to the final fight while everyone else is fighting around him. Just he's thought. not dead. No. He's too good to be dead. That villain, Ethan Hawke was great as that villain. I really enjoyed Arthur Heron. I feel like there's more there. There's more to mine there. All right. Neves, anything you want to add to this before we move on? No, I agree with you guys. I feel like he's too good of an actor to just use for one season. I think they're going to find a way to intricately put him back in here somewhere. Maybe not in a season two, maybe in a movie, maybe in something. You know you know how they brought back, um, you know, um, uh, in uh, who's the villain from uh, Captain America? <laughs> Red Skull. Red Skull, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, they, they're never really dead, except for my boy Tony. He's, he's, he's definitely he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> that man is dead. All right, now we're going to end the first half of the show talking about Comic-Con. Marvel Studios is officially going to San Diego Comic-Con this summer. Kevin Feige said so during a press conference for Thor, Love, and Thunder. So they have a lot they can bring to Comic-Con. It looks like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is going if James Gunn's Twitter teases or any indication. That also probably means I Am Groot and the Holiday Special will have something to show there or at least be discussed. They're all done filming and being animated and stuff like that. Um, uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever has to be there, right? Because that is about four months before the movie drops. So I imagine that's where they dropped that first trailer. I remember when the first Black Panther trailer dropped at Comic-Con, the roof blew off that building. It was awesome. Um, other than that, projects that have filmed so far that could show footage Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania, the Marvels, She-Hulk will be a, what, three weeks away yeah. at, the, mm-hmm. at that time? Uh, what else? We, I mean, there's there's a, a secret invasion. Uh, Blade if it isn't pushed back, but I don't. I, but it sounds like it's going to be. Uh, I mean, there's, a, there's more than that too, though, right? Echo, yeah, yeah Echo. Uh, so I guess there's a lot of footage we can see from projects we already know about, but Anything, any surprises, any lofty ambitions, anything you want to see, you expect, you, you, you know, anything like that, Jenna? One thing that would be funny is like, we still have not had them confirm Werewolf by Night or whatever the heck they're trying to call it. <laughs> that special still just exists in this ether of like, Kevin Feige has not said these words, so that does not mean it's happening, even though we know it's probably coming out this fall. And so I see them maybe officially announcing that with like this big, great fanfare and that being a huge part of it. I think like what has worked in the past with San Diego reveals seemingly this is my first time I'm ever going to be there in person which is very cool so I'm like very curious to see what all of this will be but like it seems like they always end these panels with like here's Mahershala as Blade here's Brie Larson as Captain Marvel here's here's some sort of big thing so I think if you were able to do that with anything else that's in the pipeline if it was like some sort of X-Men related character or the Fantastic Four or anything like that that would blow the roof off the place so I feel like something like that could probably be in the cards but who knows at this point. I feel like they have to do something with Blade. They announced Blade there in 2019. They've said nothing about Blade publicly. Like there has been reports and rumors and everything, but Marvel has said nothing about Blade since that was announced. So hopefully, hopefully we get something Blade there. Means anything you want to see at Comic Con or, or, or wish list of sorts? Who me? Yeah. 
Oh, uh, I really want to see if there's any kind of announcement about Eternals. Like, maybe not a sequel, but, like, are they going to be in a different movie? Are we going to see them somewhere? Because they set this whole thing up, and then they have not said anything about it since. So I'm really, really curious. And they have they have a strong cult following, the Eternals, man. There's people who really, really love them. And I want to see where this family is going to return. There are some characters in Eternals I'm really, I really want to see again. Uh, but, yeah, they're... they're between Eternals and Shang-Chi, we don't know, you know, what, what these new movie properties from Phase 4, where they're going. Uh, yeah, I want, I want a Shang-Chi sequel really bad. Really, really bad. Aaron, what do you, what do you want to see? What do you think we're going to get at Comic-Con? Um, I think that Jenna's spot on with most of the things. I also love that you said the fanfare, because, yes, the only way you could announce Werewolf by Night is if you just have Michael Giacchino on. Oh, my God. That, yes. Uh, but what I really plays like, himself onto the stage, yes, exactly, <laughs> while holding it like uh, 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 as he's walking up the stairs, is great. Or from backstage, uh, the thing that they have not said anything about that I would like to see, and since Jamie is not here right now, is they need to wheel my girl Elizabeth Olsen onto the stage and announce the solo project for her, because. <laughs> All the Scarlet Witch fans are feeling a little bit weird about everything after Multiverse of Madness. We can finally talk about this, Brandon. <laughs> I want to say <laughs> we've been holding we hold this back because some people hadn't seen it, and now I I saw they had a Phase Zero Friends screening of it with Aww. some really funny facial expressions. So yeah, I would like to know what's going to happen with our good friend Wanda Maximoff at the end of this too. You know what Marvel actor has never been on the stage at Hall H? at San Diego Comic-Con. Charlie Cox. Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah. So if you want to really blow the roof off that place, maybe I you agree. officially announce Daredevil. And maybe you officially announce he's going to show up somewhere else a lot sooner than that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, everybody doesn't want to say it out loud, myself included, but we all kind of figure, like, we, we he's, probably, uh, he's probably showing up in this one thing soon. <laughs> but but nobody knows for sure, I guess, right? Uh, don't kill me. Um, is, is there any way, is you think there's any chance we get Secret Wars, anything Secret Wars? I know that's what people want, but I feel like between San Diego and D23, like I know we talked about Feige's comments last week, it sounds like we'll get some sort of inkling for that, but I don't know. I'm not setting my expectations for San Diego just because there's so many projects that they would have to cover first, but maybe it's something at D23. Maybe it's something at San Diego. Like, who knows? Well, my original thought was like, you know, it would make sense for Comic-Con to be movie news, right? Because you have mm -hmm. a lot of movies, you have it's a two-hour panel, you can drop a bunch of stuff there, but and, and then do the streaming stuff at D23 because that's Disney Plus, that's Disney owned, that's, you know, Disney, Disney, Disney at D23. But I was like, you know what? When they did this panel in 2019, Disney Plus already existed and they talked about WandaVision and Loki just as much as they talked about uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. The only thing they didn't talk about was the Spider Man movie because mm -hmm. uh, it was a Sony movie. So I don't anticipate they will, you know, they don't, I don't think they've ever talked about Sony properties at a Marvel Studios panel, but they could talk about the Spider-Man freshman year, which I'm pretty sure I've heard the cast is coming together for, and that could get rolled out there. I'm not, animation stuff, obviously, for me, in the MCU doesn't get me as fired up as the live action stuff. Uh, I feel like What If is the only example so far. It was very disconnected and kind of isolated on its own. But yeah, I mean, freshman year, that's going to further the canon of 616. Uh, not if you ask Amon Vellani, which I respect. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think I think the Defenders, or at least Charlie Cox, is a big possibility. I don't. I think Fantastic Four might be too soon. I don't know if that's come together yet. Uh, but 
we'll see. A lot of possibilities for San Diego Comic-Con. Let us know what you want to see at San Diego Comic-Con in the comments section. Uh, Layla really wants to see Pedro Pascal on stage. He's not even playing anybody. He's just on the stage. Uh, and Layla <laughs> will be happy. Uh, but all right, we're going to take a one-minute break. When we come back, it's spoilers for Miss Marvel Episode 4. You've been warned. This is your chance to go watch the show and come back and listen to us and join us and have some fun with us. Uh, we'll see you in 60 seconds. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to Phase Zero, Season 2, Episode 25. I just hooked up a new microphone. Is it working? Is everything okay? Yeah. Oh, hope it sounds even a little crispier. Oh, actually, I didn't even change it, did I? <laughs> let, me, let me try this real quick while we're, while we're here in real time. I know Peter wants to slaughter me right now, and I respect that. Um, <laughs> I, I will just say, going off of the chat, we completely did not acknowledge Deadpool. That could uh, easily yes. be something that at San Diego uh. would, like, absolutely blow people's minds just having ryan reynolds walk out on stage so i feel like anything tied to that is definitely a possibility there's been a number of times they were that i heard they were going to announce deadpool 3 but then it just didn't happen like literally on the day things changed so how's this microphone sound is this that any sounds different great. that sounds great Ooh, yeah. look at that we got half a good quality show from me uh we're doing our best all right miss marvel episode four we're gonna go around with reactions spoilers can fly now uh let's start with aaron aaron you're at the top of the screen what did you think of episode four of miss marvel well i mean it's not a disney plus show unless there is a giant massive cl cliffhanger in episode four we got that i really enjoyed getting to visit like pakistan and seeing karachi and it's really like a beautiful city i don't know if they filmed all of it on location or whatever it just looked really cool as you guys have all said her family is just all the characters so winning i love red dagger he's really cool like uh and i i like that also for it seems like kev has been breadcrumbing us to this point where he's like there are going to be things that are starting to intersect and they'll all start to make sense and we get even more weird mcu interconnected tissue in this episode so i'm loving that i feel very very like identify with being the cousin that is not from the place and does not know the customs and cannot eat the food <laughs> as the, my as my other people do so uh I, I enjoyed it a lot i'm looking forward to episode five neebs you're next 
Oh man, I have so much to say about this episode. Uh, just like it wasn't filmed in Pakistan, I think it was filmed in Thailand, but they did a good job of recreating Pakistan as much as they could. Um, it was really authentic, is the word that I'm looking for. Like, I there are so many things about that show where I'm just like, I'm just pointing at the screen like this. I'm like, yes, this is accurate, right? Like the cousins are just like flexing on them, trying to impress the American, but also like, you know, roasting them. Uh, we also got to see like this amazing like class difference. Like there's a difference where like Kamala's cousin are like in a little more privileged spot. Then you see Kareem and his friends and they're eating biryani out of a bag, right? Which is like authentic. It's like, that's where they get it. Like there's so many subtle things that you'll watch the show that like, you'll just be like, they did such a good job. Like, and then like you get to see the artwork at the end of that episode. And it's like taken from famous Pakistani artists. Like there's so many cultural Easter eggs that like, I feel like having people sit down with me and pointing out every little thing. Cause like they're getting like 50% of the show. Cause there's like another 50% that they're just completely missing. That is so incredible to people. And this is exactly why I brought you on. Everybody, I suggest after the show, go follow at Watch with Neebs on TikTok and Twitter because every week he's got great content talking about all these kind of cultural uh, references and Easter eggs and the details that it's like they hired the right people for these jobs and they are, it seems, doing a really good job of, of representing the culture and getting that stuff in there accurately, which I, I mean, to me, that's one of my favorite parts of the show is like, I feel like I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like, I'm being immersed in something I've never experienced myself and I really enjoy it. Jenna, what'd you think? I, I loved this episode. I think this was probably the best written episode. I think the dialogue and the kind of escalation of events was just really well executed. I know one of the writers on this episode actually wrote the Marvel Voices story that the title of the episode is from, which that was kind of cool getting comic people directly involved. Um, my biggest qualm with the show is that I want more episodes. I feel like I don't know how <laughs> we get to the point that we're at now at the end of episode four with everything being crazy. And we, I don't know how we wrap this up in two episodes. I don't even mean that in like a naysaying, like, oh, I don't trust them sort of way. It's just genuinely like there's so much between like all of her status quo that we established in the first two episodes, which I loved. I want more Nakia. I want more Bruno. I want all of that. And all of that mixed with the family history stuff. I'm very curious to see how all of this comes together and what, what storytelling we get from there, because I feel like there's so much to cover in these last two episodes. And that's just, yeah, it's just like Moon Knight. It's that, it's that, transport to a very different place and time and space and uh all of a sudden we have two episodes left and i think yeah my, the netflix shows ran a little too long and the disney plus shows run a little too short but yeah no i, I think this episode is probably my second favorite episode of the show so far uh, here's the thing i don't need like the action isn't even what's getting me usually if a show has as little action as miss marvel has had i'd be like oh, i want to see some superheroing but superheroing is really like one of the things I'm least excited for in this. It's cool when it happens and I it, it I enjoy it, but it's like the family dynamic, the relationships, seeing the like the parts of the world that the MCU has not explored. All that kind of stuff is the stuff I'm really enjoying. Um, I'm interested. I thought that the clandestine took a really weird, sharp villainous turn with a ton of exposition in episode three, kind of out of nowhere. And now we're getting them a little bit more fleshed out. Damage control feels like the new shield in a sense. Like we're going to talk about them, I think, in a bit. But yeah, overall, like I think this episode was great. I love Miss Marvel as a show so far. Like it. It's 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 just like it's just good. Like it's just you know it's 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 expanding the MCU in kind of ways that feel really organic to the story we're getting here. And you can tell 
when they go into or expand the MCU mode, like when we saw possibly a Cree hand in the Ten Rings last week, and then this week when like we kind of see like these these holograms and like the two worlds on the map. It's just like oh, we're getting some lore here. We're getting some some Marvel lore, and I, I think it's just blending it all really well. Uh, also got the Ant Man painting, which Jenna, what I, I didn't catch this. I think you added so this to the- so the there was like a little caption attached to the painting, and it was like the artist name, and then it said after Adrian Alfona, which is kind of what you usually do when you're homaging a certain artist. And so that was the artist on Kamala's original comic run, and so I thought mm. that was very cool. So just to keep, keep the comic Easter eggs going. I feel like we're really building up like a Kamala Scott Lang encounter. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> on the yeah. podcast. Right. Just put him on a podcast. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Yo, I would listen to that podcast. I oh man. I feel like uh uh Kamala is Scott Lang's like number one subscriber, hands down. Always listens. <laughs> um Red Dagger. Who wants to talk about Red Dagger being introduced? Kind of like a group of Red Daggers, right? Like so I I know that this character from comics goes yeah jen i'll you know you're the you i'll let you talk about this one if you if you feel comfortable <laughs> with it i know you're our comics uh extraordinaire I, the biggest change that they seem to be making with red dagger and i know other people on the show can echo this is like the the group of red daggers is definitely a new thing like they kind of made it like a quasi like league of assassins sort, sort of situation which is such a cool way of doing it but like in the comics he's just kind of one guy and i think he says like he, he learned to fight by like playing league of legends and like other video games and stuff and so it, it's an interesting choice but i think like it helps in such an easy way of making in introducing Kamala's mythology. So that was interesting. I thought his character like was perfect. I thought he was great. And like, I could have watched him and Kamala talk for hours. That was so much fun. Yeah. I enjoy that. They introduce somebody that they, they fight the hero and then they become friends. I always like that. I always appreciate that. Um, I saw Neves, I saw you were tweeting last week that you were kind of frustrated. They were doing a gin storyline. And then yeah. this week it seems you might've been, uh, they won you over with it. Oh my God, it was such a relief. So, so Jin is a very touchy subject. Subject. We it's something that like we don't talk about. It's a little taboo because uh, there there are a few reasons why Jin is a very problematic thing to talk about. One is like from a cultural aspect, right? It's very Orientalist, uh, exoticism, trying to like like genies and, and and such things. But there's also a religious aspect to it, right? Because Jins are not just like fairy tales or mystics. Uh, there's something that we actually believe in. Jins are like, uh, for example, like they're like uh, angels, right? Like if you believe in angels, it's the same thing as believing in a jinn. It's basically another being and they can influence people uh, in the real world. So it's, it's like a biblical kind of like uh, creature and it's not something that we could kind of interact with. Muslims are not allowed to interact with them. You're not allowed to ask them for help. Uh, so if Miss Marvel was a jinn and the Muslim community is asking for help, then essentially they're asking a jinn for help, which is a sin. So you can't do that. So that's why it was really uh, problematic. But like every Muslim knew that was a red herring because there are like so many clues. Like the Nur dimension is not something you associate. Like Nur itself is a real concept. Uh, all humans have God's light in them. It's called Nur. And uh, jinns do not. So that alone you knew to associate Nur with jinn, you knew that was a red herring. You knew that wasn't going to work. And then when... Um, uh, the Amr, when he prays, he says Aital Kursi, which is a, a verse from the Quran, and it's supposed to ward off evil spirits and jinn. So when he's saying it, when Kamala faints, you're like, okay, she's obviously not a jinn. So I feel like it was a little bit of an Easter egg for Muslims. Like, you guys know it's not really a jinn. But for everyone else, it's like, oh, we're going to throw this little twist for you guys. 
Guilty. <laughs> I, I, I did not pick up on all that, man. No, that's that's interesting because I saw last week, you're, I saw your tweet saying like, oh, I don't know if I want to see a gin storyline. And then this week I saw you say like, you know, oh, I'm glad they went the way they did or I'm paraphrasing your tweet. But I was like, oh, interesting. Interesting. I, w- I want to understand that more. Um, I also, there's something I saw on the Heavy Spoilers YouTube video today. Uh, one uh, An Easter egg I want to touch on. Um the text messages used to be shown in like really bright stylish colors. And now that the like reality of the weight of being a superhero setting in a Kamala and she's having to grow up, like when she was on the plane, it was just, a, uh, you saw the signal and like, it was just black and white and it was just a text message. So what do you think of Kamala growing up the way that she is so quickly? I think that it's not really her growing up. I think it's the fact that like things aren't going well because you do see a text message from Kareem and they made it out of kites, which mm-hmm. I thought was really, really cool. And also kite is very significant to Pakistan. So in Pakistan, flying kites was one of the biggest pastimes. There's a festival called Basan, which is one of the biggest festivals in Pakistan where everybody comes out and flies kites. It's one of the most beautiful scenes ever. And for them to actually make a text message out of kite was really, really cool, a little cultural thing right there. Um, so I think it has to more to do with like Nakia being mad at her, Bruno moving away, and kind of like the the like heavy things that she's feeling with them. But then she's meeting this new guy, Kareem, and it's exciting. And we still get to see the tech messages there in like a cool format. That's a good catch. That's a good catch. Uh, I find it, I also, I, I think it, I saw your tweet about what did, I want to pull it up actually. Um, the, the cousins thing. There was actually, I, oh, I think you, I, I might've accidentally closed it out, but I had a note that I was like, all right, I have experienced like when your family introduces you to people and you're like, they, you remember them, right? And you're like, uh, I was like two when I saw them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, sure. I remember aunt, whatever her name is over there, but also I saw you talk about the cousins talking about, uh, also love how seeing the, with the side with, I think you touched on this earlier on the show. Um, but yeah, big families like that. I imagine when you're when you're reunited, and it's just like I've been through that. Like, oh, you're like, oh, yeah. uh, but I've only been a- across like state lines, never on the other side of the world. Yeah, I love when they take her out shopping, and she's just like buying everything. And every like every Muslim Pakistani's like, whoa, whoa, you got to haggle. You can't just like pay that price. You can't pay fifteen hundred rupees for a picture. It's like she's just like giving away money. <laughs> I was like, as a Pakistani, you're just like, no, you don't do this. You got to haggle. <laughs> so, so there i mean these are all things like you genuinely feel like as a pakistani you're feeling like this is the way we live like this is kind of really representing oh, yeah. our people oh my god there's one scene where it's like you know there's like a family on a bicycle if you look closely there's five people on that one motorcycle there is a mom there is a son there is a daughter there's a dad and a baby in her hands that is authentic like that is something you will see you will see five people on one motorcycle in pakistan like every of really like five motorcycle like that's so authentic i also i saw i think it was after episode two you were tweeting because people were saying i think some people online were complaining about kamala's mom being too strict and you were like you're gonna see you're gonna see and i think i want i want to hear you you explain this because you'll explain it much better than me but i i think i saw i think that there's a chance that kamala at the end of the episode going back in time and possibly switching places with somebody she might end up being the one who leads her grandmother through the stars and being unseen. So I want, I just want to hear, cause that is like a huge yeah. part of Kamala's family. That's a huge part of her history. I love to hear your thoughts on that. So I just realized like, they actually might've hinted at Kamala going back in time. Cause if you see Bruno in the second episode, he's dressed as Marty McFly. 
he has the vest on when yeah. he's talking. I thought the to, same thing. Yeah. So I think that was a little Easter egg to let us know that, hey, there might be some time travel here. So I thought that was really, really cool. Um, and then as for uh, Kamala's ah, mom, interesting. <laughs> I, I definitely think that there is nuance here that people don't realize. Like our parents were raised by people who went through the partition. And that was the most tragic thing to happen to us. It's basically when Pakistan and India split and people had to migrate hundreds of miles. And it was during a time where uh, the British let, left a power vacuum. And these uh, local extremists started getting together and started killing people on both sides of like almost every religion. And they would just hunt down and hurt people and kill people. And they had to leave to be safe. And for someone to go through such a traumatic experience, they take a lot of trauma with them when they're raising their own children, right? They uh, they basically pass down that trauma, that hurt, and even sometimes that hatred, right? And it takes a while for that generational trauma to break. And I think like people don't understand that Kamala's mom was probably neglected by her own mom. And then what Kamala's uh, mom does, uh, Muniba, is she tries to do the opposite. She tries to be like a helicopter parent or be too strict because she doesn't want to neglect Kamala the way her mom neglected her. And because of that, she kind of overdoes it, right? And I think the thing with them is that Kamala and her mom, it's not that they don't love each other, it's that they don't understand each other. And when you don't understand each other, it doesn't mean the love isn't there, it just means the love is misplaced. And I think that's the big takeaway from their storyline. And when we go into next week and see the partition and how horrible it was, I think it'll be even more clear and make more sense. I wonder how much of the episode is going to take place in the, during the partition. Mm -hmm. Like how much are we going to see present day? How much is, is all of episode five going to be set then? It's really interesting that they, they, they make that pivot right at the end of episode four. Marvel shows love to have that. Episode five is always the crazy one though. <laughs> episode yeah. five is always the one where the stuff hits the fan in these, in these shows on Disney plus. Um, Aaron, Jenna, did you guys catch anything? We have a few minutes left on today's show. And um, in the comments section, if you guys, sorry, if you guys have any questions, drop them in now. Uh, I actually see one of these. We'll get to that in a second. Oh, that's Kofi. Do you, have a, do, you, do you do family therapy sessions asking for a friend? <laughs> Comic Book Nation host Kofi. If you guys have any questions, drop them in. We'll get to them really quickly. Jenna, sorry, go ahead. I did. I did want to say I love the um, when she's like asked of like, oh, you're American, and then she's like, are you sure I'm not Canadian? Because I love that little yes. nod to Amon being Canadian, and then just the New Jersey shirt of it all. That was just very great. Um, and then like BD, you have a note in here about damage control and Shield and like the prison, which looks a lot like the prison that we saw in the She-Hulk trailer. I'm I, I have a feeling that's going to be the same one. I am a little bummed just based on what they showed of this prison because the, the She-Hulk prison in the comics that looks very similar in that design is actually the like Lang Memorial prison. And it is one where Hank Pym shrinks all of the criminals down to like super yeah, small yeah. size. And that way they can like be kept in like a smaller space and they're like a little bit easier to keep track of. So I, if this is like a full sized like human sized prison, that is a little bit of a bummer because that's one of the weirdest, like coolest things about that space in the comics. But yeah, I, I'm like kind of happy that they, teased to that and that the building looks the same as the one at She-Hulk. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I do feel like I feel like damage control could be like the new kind of through line for so many stories in the MCU. Like Shield was always kind of present, but uh, never like the main story in the movies. But it was always there, right? Like Phil Coulson started showing up, and then Shield would, after Phil Coulson was no longer able to show up, Jamie's not here. It's uh, we can talk about it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, I don't know. But then you also have Sword being built, right? We think like Nick Fury is building Sword, and I think Sword could end up being a big factor in the marvels like it's also and 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 maybe we'll see the second band 
show up and like we'll find out i don't i don't know there's a there's two episodes left and i think a lot is going to happen before kamala goes off to be in the marvels and i also want to go back to the hint of uh like i think i brought i, I mentioned on the show that um kamala's logo it's that same scene that Neves just mentioned where he was dressed like Marty McFly saying, you got to put something of yourself on it. How about something Pakistani? Mm-hmm. Well, we saw her, her, her necklace. I think I got this from your video. Yeah. Right? That was, yeah. 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 I, was the one, I was the one who figured it out. <laughs> so fun fact, I actually had this idea and I met Sana who is a creator of, of Ms. Marvel. And I, I went up to her and I asked her, Hey, can I share my theory with you? And she goes, no, she goes, Cause <laughs> as soon as you, if you get it right, my face will give it away in a second. She was like, please, please don't, tell me this because i will give it away so there is a change in her um symbol so her symbol is a little different now and if you look at her necklace uh it's the first letter in her name in arabic in in uh, pakistan we um we do uh arabic which is similar to urdu and you do from right to left not left to right so if you look at her necklace the k which is the golf letter is actually the exact symbol of her new logo it's just like her old logo but it's a little bit more curved and a little bit less like uh, a lightning bolt and i think they're going to incorporate that as a new symbol which i think is really cool she got like a giant k for her name uh as her symbol it's kind of like superman but it's really really cool i love that yeah, I dig that. As soon as I saw your video, I was like, "Man, that makes the costume that much better," in my opinion. Yeah, like the co- it's uh, yeah, I like that touch. Uh, let me and scan Car- through. And Carol Danvers was never Miss Marvel in the yeah. MCU, so that symbol wouldn't have made sense, anyways. Exactly. I'm scanning through to see if we have any questions here. Otherwise, we're going to wrap up today's show. Will Loki's time split? I don't remember the name. Affect the outcome of the eventual time travel? Well, it's interesting because if the TVA decides whatever Kamala is doing in the past was supposed to happen, yeah. <laughs> then no. But that's that's kind of thing is like there's kind of two ways the time travel could happen, right? One is like the TVA has to get involved and it creates a branch timeline. The other is like the lost rules of time travel where whatever happened happened. And if for anybody who watched Lost, they'll understand if anybody hasn't i don't have time to explain it all right now (laughs) short version is just that like if somebody time traveled then to the past today then today that already happened if they went and said hello to me yesterday then my version of me now already knows that encounter they're just doing it for the first time themselves Uh, so i don't know that's time travel is well i don't know but we got to find a some a time travel expert invite them on the show sometime (laughs) maybe maybe we'll find a time traveler maybe we're already here jenna's from the future all right (laughs) y'all uh anything else you thought would be fun to talk about today before we wrap up um not anything in particular i just really really loved the entire episode i love seeing the pakistani truck art everywhere uh and the music oh man i I highly recommend that like go type in miss marvel music and just listen to the entire playlist because every song they pick is phenomenal they pick such great songs even from like bon jovi right (laughs) even those songs they pick that are american are pretty spot on but uh try to explore some pakistani music man because the music is just phenomenal yeah, the, the the band being named Brown Jovi, I thought was pretty funny. It was a pretty nice touch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aaron, go ahead. Anything you wanted to end us today's show with? Um, not really. I, I would like to say, ask Neebs. Like, so there's some slight cultural stuff. Like, you get a real we- like media education through this too. There's a ton of weird like little nods to Bollywood movies and other yes. shows and stuff that as an American, I'm like, I don't know what this is. And then you go and type it in. I yeah. think like 
when they have like the face to face when like she does the platform not to fall on red dagger she's yes. like who are you what are you isn't that from brahmastra right yes yes that's from a okay. movie yes that's yeah exactly what it's from yeah yeah and, and, I, go, and there's go so ahead. many there's so many actors so the person who plays aisha is a very very famous pakistani actor the person who was with red dagger for an actor he's a very famous bollywood actor and then kamala's uh great grandfather who is probably going to show up in the next episode probably the most handsome man in all of Pakistan. Like that guy, like, trust me, there's gonna be thirst traps of him everywhere. <laughs> so wait, till, wait till you guys see him. I'm uh, I'm interviewing uh, Farhan, Sharmin, and Aramis uh, tomorrow. So if anybody has any questions, please send them my way. Uh, so we're going to talk talk all about this. Um, I have seven minutes with each of them tomorrow, which is usually about five and a half by the time by the time the the, the constraints are put in there. But yeah, that's so. If anybody has any questions, I would love uh, love to get them answered for you. Jenna, anything you wanted to add for today's show? No, it's just I'm I'm so excited to see what the last two episodes have in store because, like I said, I feel like there's so much they can cover. But like the the journey of the show has just been so much fun. So yeah, it's been. And, oh, go read some comics. Or you forgot something? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and go go buy the Doctor Strange two DVD once that comes out next month. Oh yeah. Also, hold on. Let's not <laughs> let's not let's not brush over one of the biggest stories of the week: the box art for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I better see the comment section light up right now it features a quote from jenna anderson and it says dash jenna anderson comicbook.com on the box immortalized on the shelves at target forever that wow. is so cool jenna congratulations on that thank i think that's so cool thank you yeah it was the weirdest thing and I, everyone who's commented and like let me know and like reached out it, thank you so much i appreciate it so many people were like now the rest of the world gets to see how awesome jenna is which is a thing we already know and like that just makes my heart so happy like y'all don't know that's how much right that means, so yeah jenna you're the best we love you we love you <laughs> and now uh, the box art says your name forever you can yes, that's so cool that is so cool <laughs> um all right y'all uh Neebs, dude thank you so much for joining us man you're welcome on the show anytime if you ever want to come back we got two more episodes of miss marvel and you're welcome anytime after that you were awesome to just hang and chat with dude if you just want to talk marvel with us hit me up you're welcome yeah, anytime, on whatever man. man this was so much fun thank you for having me anytime you guys want me to come on here i am definitely uh ready if you want me to come on for the finale and talk about the whole show at the general i am i am down Dude, let's do it. I would love to have you. Let's make that happen. And uh, I think that would obviously be two weeks from today, right before Comic-Con. Maybe we'll even do a whole bonus episode. We'll figure it out. The comment section wants more Neebs. Who I want it. Let's make it happen, dude. Thank you so much yeah. for joining. No uh, everybody, head over to comicbook.com slash Marvel for more uh, for more Marvel news. Our Fazier YouTube channel is humming. Uh, we got lots of interviews. Chris Hemsworth, Taika Waititi, Christian Bale, Natalie Portman, and tomorrow our Tessa Thompson interview goes up. And until then, until you are sitting there waiting for the Tessa Thompson interview, I suggest following at Watch with Neebs immediately. You will have fun right there on, on Twitter and TikTok, uh, learning from Neebs and celebrating Marvel with Neebs and celebrating culture with Neebs. I'm Brandon Davis. Hit me up if you want to. I'm sure you have enough of me. I talk too much. That's the end of the show. See you next week.